Welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Matt Halloran. There are some juggernauts in the industry. Some of them you might not have heard of, and we haven't actually brought a lot of incredibly high-producing, very successful advisors on the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast for one reason and one reason only. They don't have time. And they also, some of them, not our guests today, aren't actually doing anything fundamentally different with their practice. But today, John Cutton is with us, who has fundamentally interrupted the system that he personally works in, which is the Ameriprise system. But even more importantly, what he's done with mergers and acquisitions, what he's done with other business activities, what he's also done with how he's been able to market his firm is truly remarkable. John, welcome to the show. Thanks, Matt. Excited to be here. And thank you for the nice introduction. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that I have time. I think it's good, right? What's everybody else doing with their time? I don't know. I don't know. It's the, the, One of the things that I love about you, man, is it's this whole wearing busy as a badge of honor is not you are like the opposite of that. You have consistently hired people to make sure that they're filling the gaps within your in your business so that you can really stay in your lane, which is actually where I want to start. All right. You, I know your story because I've heard it so many times, but our audience has. Would you mind just giving us (laughs) all the way back to when it started, dude? Because I think it's really important for advisors to see this trajectory. Sure. Yeah. So as you met, I could talk. So you could, if you want to go get a cup of coffee, I'll be back in about five, five, 10 minutes. You should be good. I started in the industry in 94. So it's been almost 30 years at this point. And I've sat in the same chair. So I've been at what is now Ameriprise for almost 30 years. And I'll give you the best cliff note version I can. Ultimately started traditionally built the business like a lot of people who've been around as long as we have, which was cold calling and seminars and door to door and sitting at kitchen tables, et cetera. Ultimately got off to a good level of success early on as a two-year-old starting in the business ultimately got involved in a leadership position. Back then, if you were any good, after you were done with your first year, you were now capable to go lead and manage and mentor others who you had one year more experience. But that was, for me, probably unknowingly one of the best decisions that I ever made. So I got immersed in meeting amazing mentors who were really leadership gurus, and they molded me into being leadership-minded. I got the entrepreneurial itch back then where I spent about 80% of my time as a leader, 20% of my time as an advisor. And back then, American Express Financial Advisors actually created an opportunity to become an independent advisor for the first time. I think it was in 2001 or 2001. Decided to do that, worked out of what I call the mezzanine level. You've heard me say that before, Matt, of my house. You would call it a basement. We called it the mezzanine level. And ultimately, that started a journey of what I now call kind of 10x moves, right? So for those of you who have not yet read Dan Sullivan and Dr. Benjamin Hardy's most recent book, 10x is easier than 2x, 
I didn't call it that then until I heard Dan call it that, but we did a series of 10X things. So for me, to give you the cliff note version, it was a combination of partnering with CPAs, beginning to do mergers and acquisitions, realizing that when I did mergers and acquisitions, really important to our listeners, I didn't need to be the person working with the clients. I learned that in 2002. I always like to tell that story because it's a really good one of how accidentally I learned it. So picture this, Matt. Picture me with hair because I actually had hair then. In addition to me having hair, I also was, the year was 2002, I believe. I live on Long Island, New York. You don't live in Long Island. I live on Long Island. And I was now about eight years in the business, somewhere along those lines, and was running a successful business. My wife, I've been happily married for 26 years, was pregnant with our third son. And an opportunity presented itself to buy a small book of business back then, about a 30, 30 or $40 million book of business. Don't remember exactly what it was from another Ameriprise advisor who was retiring and he was in the state of New Jersey. So if you are familiar with Long Island, I live in a little bit of Eastern Long Island, Suffolk County. Between Long Island and New Jersey is this island called Manhattan. And to get through it, you either need to go through it, over it, or under it. Three options out. And every one of those options is a three-hour ordeal to get from where I live to where this business was in New Jersey, maybe three and a half. My wife, Matt, another good takeaway for our listeners, your significant other is probably the most important decision you will make in your career in building a financial services business. Could not be more supportive. Came home, excited, honey, opportunity to buy a business. Never did this before. You're very pregnant. You've got two little kids already. And I'm going to go to New Jersey. See ya. <laughs> yes, exactly. She smiled and said, good for you, honey, whatever you want. I'm here to support you was totally supportive of it, but I had second thoughts. I'm like, man, is this the right thing for who I want to be when I grow up? So go back to my basement. Young man, his name is Evan Branfman, was working in the mezzanine level of my home, directly under my living room couch or my den couch. And Evan was ripe old age of probably 22, maybe 23 then. He was recently licensed and I had this idea. Evan was going to go to New Jersey. Evan was going to learn how to be a financial advisor. And Evan was going to allow me to do this. So fast forward, Matt, I spent three or four weeks teaching Evan everything I knew about how not to be my assistant, but how to meet with clients and sell them financial planning services and give them a great client experience and do the things that a great financial advisor does. Three or four weeks later, poof, Evan was a trained financial advisor. And here's what I would share for our listeners. Evan traveled to New Jersey, took the George Washington Bridge or the Verrazano Bridge, never went through New York City. And what the coolest thing about it, Matt, was we bought, called it a $40 million business, and we retained 99% of the clients. And my best way to describe that is I can remember sitting on my couch with my newborn, whose name is Chris, that's my third son, feeding him out of his bottle. And Evan would call me because back, I don't even know that there was texting back then as I think about it, right? But Evan would call me on his way home and we had the same conversation every night. He'd be on his drive home and I'd say, hey, I've had a go. Great, John. Had four meetings. 
and whatever it might have been, got a referral, rolled over a 401k, had a good interaction, so on, et cetera. And then I would say, how's traffic? And he'd say, no good. About three hours till I get home, probably get home at 1030 tonight, but that's okay. And I tell that story to say that for me was an awakening. Again, I'll quote Dan Sullivan again on this concept of who, not how, that I didn't need to do everything in my business. And that's now set me up where I've replicated what I've done with Evan with about 60 advisors in my organization. And really what we do, Matt, to go back to where you started about three hours ago, by the way, is we actually, I look at my role is to figure out how to get new assets in the door of my wealth management firm. And my advisor's role is to take very good care, give an amazing client experience, to do their very best to give these clients the best financial advice possible. And we've looked for ways to scale that over and over again, really for about 20, 22 years or so. And I'm glad that's where you ended because scale and also the who, not how is a really vital reason why you have had such unbelievably excellent, you've 10xed more than once. So with that, one of the things that we talk a lot about on the show is the idea that advisors should stay in the lane of their, and quoting a Sullivanism here, their unique ability. And you have really done that because you've empowered other people to be able to go ahead and take over things that are really outside of the sphere of control that you want to maintain. And one of those is marketing. This is the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast, so we have to talk about marketing, right? One of the things that you ended up doing way before, not that you were allowed to do, but way before that you were, I'm air quoting here, allowed to do was you started podcasting and you started podcasting for a bunch of different reasons. Would you mind talking to our audience a little bit about the podcasting journey, your podcasting experience, also you being on other people's podcasts? I really do. We don't generally talk directly to a podcasting advisor very often. So can you give us some enlightenment and some feelings about what you've been doing for the last couple of years now? I sure can. Yeah. And it's a great time. I, this podcast is becoming a tribute to Dan Sullivan, evidently, who Matt, I had the opportunity to interview Dan twice now. And I actually, I have a podcast for financial advisors that you've helped me with called Quantum Growth for Financial Advisors. And I had the privilege to actually interview Dan and it was awesome. I just interviewed him again. And there's a couple of new episodes coming out with him also over the next couple of weeks. But when you think about that concept of 10x, right, and this concept of 10x is easier than 2x. And if you haven't read the book, I'm telling you, go read the book. I naturally, before I even knew what 10x is easier than 2x, I'm one of those people who my brain is always in the future. And I try to connect dots to how will this all kind of collide in three or four or five years, not in three or four or five weeks. And I think that's an important part. And what the way I look at things is in order to scale as a financial advisor and really get to that next level, it's around how do you actually have a surround sound campaign around how to broadcast that in many different verticals so that ultimately whatever your avatar is, 
whether it be, see, for my firm, I have two avatars that I work on. That's why I have two podcasts. One is actually financial advisors who want, might want to join a firm like mine, right? The second is the client of my wealth management business that might need the type of advice that we ultimately give. And why I got involved in podcasting simply is one, it gives me the ability to share my expertise on a particular niche, whether it be for a financial advisor or whether it be for a financial planning client in a way that I could be my authentic self that I can share like we're doing right now, why I do what I do, what I stand for, what the firm stands for, and quite frankly, in a subtle way, what the value proposition is by teaching and providing content. In this case, it's verbal content. And then the thing that I never actually fully understood, Matt, and you helped me honestly see this, and I thank you for it, is that then gives you the ability to create all this other content because someone like you and your team can now take my words and turn them into videos and turn them into text. And you basically create this content multiplication machine. And for a lot of financial advisors that I've mentored and gotten to know, they don't like to sit down and write necessarily or think about these things, but they all like to talk a lot like I do. And if you can talk a lot and you're somewhat articulate, it's pretty easy to be able to take some of the small little tidbits of the smart things you said and make you seem even smarter and build that awareness. So it's been hugely valuable for myself and for my team so that we can tell the story and I can also help tell the story for my team in the way that I want the world to actually hear it. So the idea of you, we record with you once, right? So it takes 30, 45 minutes of your time. And then we turn that into a whole bunch of other content. That's our atomic content method. But I love, you're really teeing me up really well here, dude. So one of the cool things that happened after John Cutton deposited all of his wisdom, the story of Cutton Wealth Management, all of that sort of stuff, you started bringing on your other advisors to be able to talk about so that they can start building that relationship. Because one of the powers of what you have been doing is the idea of people get to know you before they ever come in the door. But you said something else that I have to address because very few people ever say this, is you have your head in the future. Most advisors are still hand to mouth. They're still triaging just what's in front of them. They're trying to get their to-do list done and they don't really are, they're not able to see the forest through the trees. Everything you do, and I've been working with you for two years now, everything you do is very forward focused. How did you get into that mindset and what can you tell our audience? Because you, that's every aspect of cut and wealth management. That's not just marketing. And you do have a three to five year marketing plan and marketing focus. You have the three to five year, 10 year, all these plans for all of these other aspects for recruiting, for purchasing practice through acquisitions, through all of the other things that you're doing. How did that switch happen in your brain and how long ago did that happen? Yeah. My, my mom would tell you that when I was a little kid, I sat, I, for whatever reason, Matt, you'll find this funny. I never like to sit in the couch still to this day. I usually sit on the floor and I lean against the couch. God knows why, but I've converted because now I have a couch with a little recliner chair, which is really comfortable. But I would sit on the couch with a pad 
when I was a little kid and I would just make lists about what I'm going to do. Back then it was for sports. And then as I got older, it was more about what is it that I need to do in order to get into a good college or get a good job, et cetera. So I've always been a list guy. I naturally do think that way. And I think today in leading indicators, right? For our listeners, there's leading indicators and there's lagging indicators. And when I think about the difference, I always use the same example, which is if you wanted to lose 10 pounds, not that you need to that, right? But if you wanted to lose 10 pounds or maybe 20 for me, right? If you want to lose 10 or 20 pounds, if you say it's, uh, we're filming this not too far after the new year, right? So if the goal is I'm going to lose 20 pounds in the next 90 days, as an example, that's a lagging indicator. That's the result that you're trying to actually get, right? You want to lose 20 pounds. My business partner, Jake Dunlap, has a great saying. He says, if wishes were fishes, which basically means, I don't know what that means, actually, but what it means is it's not going to just come through because you wish about it, right? I never really, I got to ask him what that means. But at the end of the day, if you start to manage the things you're trying to build through leading indicators, that's where the magic actually occurs. The world works on lag indicators. So if I wanted to lose 20 pounds, and what I did is I said, hey, here's what I'm going to hold myself accountable to. Here's what I'm going to measure. I am going to eat no more than 2,000 calories per day. I'm going to go for a walk for 45 minutes a day, and I'm going to drink a gallon of water every day. If I do those three things, Matt, the likelihood is that when I get on the scale in 90 days, if I pick the right leading indicators to measure, ultimately the likelihood is I got a pretty good shot of losing those 20 pounds. So building an M&A team, a marketing team, a marketing program, if you will, whatever it may be, it's, well, what are the leading indicators that you need to do? So for me, I made it really simple. When it comes to marketing, I'm going to record the darn podcast every couple of weeks. I do mine every two weeks for both of my programs and it's pre-scheduled and I get on there. And when I work with you, Matt, I usually don't know what I'm going to talk about. You'd send me a nice agenda and go, here's what we're going to talk about. You team me up, you make it easy. I speak and ultimately it's way easier than I thought. Some intelligent things usually come out of my mouth. And then because I did that one thing, take the who, not how concept, you and your team are now my who. You could take it, find the one or two smart things that I might've said, turned it into a video clip, turned it into some text, put it out on my social media. And here's the interesting part when you start to think about that, where it collides in three to four years, I didn't come in with the intention that I'm going to record that podcast and magically thousands of people are going to listen to it. Or magically, you're going to help me post on my LinkedIn and Facebook, et cetera, a little 60 second tidbit of a video from it. And all of a sudden, a billionaire is going to to call me and say, I'd like to give you all my money. But what I did think is with all of the other things that we're doing, right, our existing clients would listen to it. And maybe they would share it with their children or their neighbor or their coworker. Or when a prospect came into me from a CPA partnership and they hit Google and they said, John Cutton, and they listened to the podcast, that maybe what would happen was that they'd listen to the podcast and they'd say, he's differentiated. He's nice. He's likable. He seems smart. And what has happened for both podcasts, quite frankly, the advisor, the quantum growth for financial advisors and my client facing 
podcast is the certainty of uncertainty is when we do meet prospects, they are literally coming in many times pre-sold. So my favorite thing, Matt, is when I go, hey, let me take a minute and tell you a little bit about myself. And they go, whoa, whoa, whoa. We know everything. I've listened to three hours, six hours, 12 hours of your content. I understand your service model. I understand what you do. I came here today because I just wanted to talk to you and meet you face to face and give you my business. And literally that, I don't want to make it sound that easier. And I want to be completely honest and transparent. I'm not saying that happens 182 times a year. Uh, but I am saying it's happening more and more. And it came, it started to happen once a quarter, then once a month, now a couple times a month, and it continues to build. And my followership is continuing to build and it catches not all at once. It's one of those things that you got to, what happens if you lose the weight, Matt, and you drink the gallon of water and you eat the 2000 calories and you take the walk and then you stop. Guess what? You look back in the mirror and you put the 20 pounds back on. So it's a consistency thing that over time, I think, yields some really amazing. And we call that momentum marketing. And that's one of the greatest things. And what I think, and thank you for saying all of those nice things. I really, you are even more constrained than a lot of our other clients are. And you're still seeing this level of success. And the reason why is because you're putting in the reps and you're being very consistent. You've also delegated some stuff. You've got a couple of people on your team who I do work with to help the content creation component of it. Because again, our goal is for you to show up and do what you do best, which is to talk and engage with people. And you do say smart stuff. We come up with some pretty good content that comes out of your brain. You you push me in a direction to say something smart every once in a while. Let's call it what it is. I have a very Uh, small story. The other thing that I wanted to just share is, again, this is just my perspective. I am certainly not a marketing guru by any stretch of the imagination. I think advisors have a, I'm just going to call it a misconception of the difference between marketing and branding, right? I actually look at there's marketing, there's branding, and there's business development, right? There's three three components. So for me, business development is I have a team that goes out and directly cold calls and proactively sends invites and messages on LinkedIn, as an example, and looks to build relationships. And they are, it's outbound marketing where we're going out and we're going very intentionally. That's the kind of person I want to work with, or they work with the kind of people I want to work with. We're going to point the missile that way. To me, that's business development. When you think about, to me, marketing is a combination of having the right brochure and it's about having the right email to send to a client and making sure they get a holiday card and maybe having a TV ad and so on, et cetera. And then you have branding. And I look at the podcast world as a combination, kind of all three, but really more on the branding side of it gives us the ability to put out in the world who we are so that sometimes they'll find us because of what we put out. But more often than not, they found us maybe in a different way. But when they found us, what they were able to see is content that matched what they were looking for in an advisor, which gave us this different level of credibility. Because when you go to my web- website, you can listen to my podcast. 
if you're interviewing three advisors and you go to three advisors and one has a podcast and two don't, at the end of the day, all the websites look pretty much the same, but there's some differentiation that if they could go down and learn about me and my family and my core values and how we deliver advice and how important client experience is and some stories about how we've helped clients just like them navigate whatever it is that's on their mind right now. What I find is it's those little things that sometimes are intangible. And if you don't ask, sometimes they don't even tell you that they've listened to your podcast, but they're out there doing it. You just don't know it. A friend of mine who is not a client, he started podcasting way before we ever were even in the business of podcasting. And then we've got three other clients and they are both starting to ask those secondary and tertiary questions. So they'll say, oh, you went to our website. Yes. So they check the website box. Oh, did you, have you followed us on social media? Yes. I follow you on social media. Did you, have you read our blog? Did you download our white paper? Have you listened to our podcast? And once they start taking, they start seeing that fully integrated marketing approach. And that's really what content marketing is all about. What you just said there is it should absolutely help with biz dev, right? You've got one of your business development people reaching out to a CPA that you want to have a partnership with and you can say, Hey, guess what? If you really want to know who we are when it's convenient for you, here's a podcast that you can listen to. Instead of saying at four o'clock on a Thursday afternoon, we're going to have coffee in the city. You know what I mean? Who's got time for that? We want you to make this as convenient for your clients and prospects as possible and centers of influence in order for them to understand the cuttingness, right? What makes you fundamentally unique and different. And I remember when we first started recording with you, I'm like, okay, you need to tell your story. And it was going to be three podcasts. And you were like, dude, seriously, you're going to ask me, like, I have to do this three different times for three kind of different areas. And after we got done, you're like, you know what? I don't know if I've ever really said it like that before. And I'm really happy we have that in the can because now when a prospect comes in, they can learn all about the founder and what we built and all of these sorts of things. And it's that scalability. And I'm glad all the way when you were knee high to a grasshopper leaning on the back of your couch making lists. I really wish more advisors understood that taking that long view in all aspects of their business just fundamentally changes the way that they're going to behave today and the expectations that they have for today, tomorrow, and in the next three months. All right. So, John, I'm sure that there are people who are going to want to know more about you. Maybe they're going to want to join you as an advisory firm. Maybe they want to learn from you from the quantum growth perspective. Where should people go or how should people people interact to learn more a little bit about who you are and what you can offer our listeners. Yep. Thanks, Matt. You know me. I have to take one curveball and I'll come back to your question if that's okay. Because what, what, one thing that I have to say, I'll give credit to my leadership coach, Ray Kelly, right? Ray's got this saying, and this is in me interacting with lots of advisors, right? Every day, every week, it, this one always resonates, okay? We all want to social media podcasting, digital marketing, it's here to stay. Okay. It's different for financial advisors. Why is why folks like you and proud mouth actually exist as amazing who's. So Ray's got this great saying and he goes, Hey, there's five frogs sitting on a log. One decides to jump. I'll ask you, Matt, and you probably know the answer to this. So play along. There's five frogs sitting on a log. One decides to jump, Matt. How many frogs are still sitting on the log? Four. Oh, thank you for playing along. You did that so well. Not true, Matt. There's not four frogs deciding who are sitting on the log. There's five frogs because we've decided to jump is different than actually. Ooh, 
yeah. I did play long ball with that. That was good. So the reason I share that is most advisors got to figure out this whole social media thing. Got to get better content. Sick of doing the boilerplate that my BD or that I buy off the shelf, the same stuff that every other advisors. That's like my favorite thing. I'm on, (laughs) I have a business consulting email for my business consulting through Cutting Consulting. And I must have 80 advisors from even my own broker dealer that I follow. And within one minute, every month, I get the same darn email 80. I should unsubscribe by now, but I get the same email 80 darn times and I delete all 80 of them. Being able to have your own content specific to who you are and what you want to say to the world is really differentiated. The moral of the story is just jump, jump off the log, start a podcast. You'll stink at it the first time. You'll get, you'll stink the second, third. By the time you've done six, seven, eight, ten of them, you'll be pretty good at it. And Matt and this team will be able to get those one or two smart things that you said and be able to actually put them on there. The question you ask is, where do you find me, et cetera? So I'd say there's probably two two things that I'd like to quote unquote promote. One is I founded about five months ago, and we now have 270 members in something that is called the Financial Advisor Success Syndicate. So it's myself as the as one of the founding members, David Grau Jr., who I know you know well as well from Succession Resource Group. Ray Kelly, who I referenced today, who's my leadership coach from Think to Perform. It is John Randall, who's an amazing coach of some of the fastest growing financial advisors in the industry. Tina Beck, who runs an outsourced chief marketing officer type organization, who I think we really need to get you connected with too, Matt. We talked about that earlier. Anton Anderson, who I know you've met as well, who does a fabulous job of teaching advisors how to partner with CPA firms and leveraging a virtual family office. And Frank LaRosa, who runs what I believe to be the largest recruiting firm for financial advisors, thinking about changing broker-dealers or RIAs or et cetera, who's a wealth of knowledge about the things you need to know about considering different broker-dealers. And Matt, it's free. It's $0. There's no credit card. There's a little application that you put in just so we make sure that you're the right kind of candidate. And I built it. It's a passion project. I live in it. I'm in it all the time. And it's really to share best practices. We have tons of free content in there. And it really is there to help financial advisors create quantum growth in their financial planning business. So that would be my ass is check it out. You go to joinfas.com and you won't be disappointed. We're getting rave reviews and you get access to me and all the people that I mentioned and a community to learn and listen to new content that's not available anywhere else and to get access to a lot of free training and resources and et cetera. Really amazing. It's something I'm super passionate about. So I'd go there, give my podcast a listen, Quantum Growth for Financial Advisors. And if you Google me, you can. I'm pretty easy to find. It's Jonathan Cutton, K-U-T-I-N, and get a hold of me if I could help in any way, shape, or form. And we will make sure that we have links to your new program and your podcast. And of course, yeah, people just need to freaking Google you, dude. John, it's always a pleasure, brother. I love hanging out with you. Thank you for being a client of ours for two plus years now. And I'm really looking forward to 10 more. Likewise. Thanks, bud. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right, everybody. So here's the long and the short of it. 
I don't usually talk about our managed influence service at the end of the show. I'm usually talking about our Pod Rocket Academy, but look, this is your year to be able to start a podcast. Understanding that you can do it really within just about any system as long as you go through the right channels. And you've got somebody in our organization, Proudmouth, which is me, who's met with just about every chief compliance officer from every organization that exists in financial services. There are ways to start your own podcast in almost every single solitary structure, and we would love to be able to help you with that. So for John and all of us here at Proudmouth, this is Matt Halloran. We'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to know more about how you can be your own loud, visit us at proudmouth.com and sign up for the Pod Rocket Academy. Through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers, you will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter expert you were meant to be.